And welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 368. Yes. Welcome to another week. Doctor Who, big blue box list. I hope you've had a cracking week and that you've managed to do something Doctor, Doctor Who, Who related. related. <laughs> oh, we matched on that one. Nearly. Fairly almost. in sync. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to 368. And I uh, hope you've been keeping up to date with some of the Doctor Who news that's been cracking on mm. over the last week. You can tell that Russell's back from a mile off. Yeah. From a mile off. You can tell that. Russell has uh, snatched the keys out of Chibnall's hand, booted him out the door, and has just turned around to everybody and just said, normal service has resumed. Here we go. Here we go. So I, I bet uh, Doctor Who magazine are, are thrilled he's back because they've had so much more content in the last two issues since he's been back. It's actually um, quite exciting again. He's, he's given them loads of little bits, you know, talking about building empires and he's doing his little production notes again every month. It's... And the comic strip seems to be back in full force. It's yeah, do you know what I mean? I bet Dot Two Mag, who were literally so close to cancellation and, and are now mm. have sold out the last two weeks, two months, sorry. I bet they're thrilled. I bet they like can't believe it. <laughs> it's great, like, isn't it? Russell, yeah. we, you know, bowing down and oh Russell, you're back. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah, it's um it's night and day difference as well. Because I'm sure that you saw the stuff on Twitter the same way that we did earlier on in the week where there was the little snapper board scene one yeah yeah yeah. the very first scene filming's now begun on scene four you'd never have got even that little it was only what seven eight seconds worth of just a little clip just the snapper board mm. and then the zoom in on the tardis it was all good you'd never you wouldn't even got that from the chibnall era it would just be everybody head scratching like so was this started filming i i, I guess so they must have done by now because it's going to be out in you know a matter of months so they must have done it by now but we have no idea so uh, not that we need to know. This is not a, this is not a thing where, you know, who fans. Uh, I don't. I want. I don't want to encourage that kind of entitlement about That's it, fandom. I was trying to think of the word. Yeah, yes. I don't want to encourage yeah. that. But it's just nice that that Russell sees the benefit of just tossing these little nuggets of of news out and little bits and behind the scenes. It just it really does help because it gets the community chatting again and everybody, mm. you know, ex- it just because we haven't got any new Doctor Who now, especially. That was the other thing that I noticed was night and day as well with Chibbers. And we're going to mention this actually in one of these articles um, that we've got in the news segment with Chibbers because he relaxed the the time frame, the frequency of when Doctor Who came out to being quite long between series. You would have thought that because of that, he would have given us a little bit of behind the scenes here and there and, you know, some extra information. But no, 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 no. So, yeah, we'll come on to that stuff anyways when we get onto this uh, news article, because it covers a few different things that have mm. been bubbling away in the news anyway. And this is from screenrant.com, and they've put together a few things. They've wrapped it up as um, 
Uh, Russell T Davis is already fixing three big modern era problems. It's a bit of a clickbait mm. title, but we'll get on to that. It's all good. Um, also, a bit of housekeeping mm. for Christmas and New Year. So as, uh, if you've listened to our show for a long, long time, you'll know that we take a couple of weeks off over Christmas and New Year. So, and and uh, so we're wary now. The, uh, this will go out on the 9th of December. So we'll be here next week. That's all good. Uh, the following two weeks, we won't be here, though. So um, the week after that, which is Friday the 23rd, Christmas Eve Eve, uh, we won't be here for that because I'll be uh, I'll be travelling. I'll be ready to go on my uh, my crimbo break, and Adam will be just done in anyway, and he'll be because <laughs> he's been filming his ass off constantly since he's been back yeah. from the US. So he's going to need a break as well. And then the week after that is going to be New Year anyway, so we'll be off for those two weeks, and then we'll be back on um, Friday the sixth of January. So uh, we're here this week, here next week, and then we'll be back. Um, on that first week of Jan. So just to give you a heads up, we'll remind you on the socials and stuff anyway, but yeah, I don't want anybody on their keyboard. Where the frick is this <laughs> week's episode? Keyboard warriors. Yeah. There'll be no Christmas yeah. special to review this year, mate. That's, that's uh, you know, you just mentioning that just brought it home a little bit. Cause I'm thinking, yeah, normally we have a nice little break and then we come back back after Christmas, all excited that we've got a episode to review a new episode, but not this year. Not gonna have to year, bung mate. on one of the Christmas specials. What's your go-to Doctor Who Christmas special? Uh, I think. Do you know what? It's actually um, uh, David Tennant's first episode. Sometimes. Do you know? It's funny you Christmas say that. Christmas Invasion. Yeah, I really love the Christmas Invasion. It's cool that one. Yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah, even though he spends most of it in bed, it's a great. <laughs> it's got so many great moments in it, isn't it? it like has, the, the yeah. bit where he turns up at the end and you know has the co- the tea or the coffee, whatever it is. Oh. Very that's cool. a great episode. That is the Killer Santas. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That yeah, I mean, it's not uh, it's not technically a Christmas special, is it? I don't think. But mm. screw it, Die Hard's not a Christmas movie, but I class it as a Christmas movie. So it's the song at the end as well, Song for Ten. That oh, really gets yeah. me in the Christmassy feel good mood. You know, mm. I woke up today and he's sorting his <laughs> getting his costume ready out of the Tardis wardrobe. Oh, mate, I might have to bug that on. Yeah, <laughs> that's so mate. feel good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Defo, dude. Yeah. Mm. So that's our Christmas and New Year's planned. We won't be here for a couple of weeks, but mm. I'm sure you'll appreciate that we need a break as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Uh, right. Until 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 what? I don't know. Until the end. Till the end of time. Time. We'll be podcasting. <laughs> Yeah. The end of time. There'll be one of those things that are going through space at one point, probably in about a hundred years or 200 years time they'll put another satellite through space and it'll be a collection of stuff from earth so that if aliens come across it they'll have a little a little inkling about what life is like on earth mm. and they, they usually put really famous songs in there don't they i think the first time they did it back in the 60s or 70s they put a beatles track in there mm. the next one will have a few episodes of the big blue box just <laughs> <laughs> who, the, who are these guys? Yeah, we don't want to go to this intelligent life. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're on our way. We've just come across the satellite that they've. Yep, yep. We've listened to it. We're turning around. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of light years. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> uh, not until um, before before we get onto the news and the rest of the show. Have you done anything Doctor Who wise, dude? Um, I, well, I've been blitzing through the season two box set, uh, the behind the sofas, and um, I watched the William Russell interview, which was lovely, um, recorded in two, 2018. 
um, surprisingly. So I don't, it seems like they must prepare these quite far in advance. Um, have you managed to break the seal on yours yet? I haven't, dude. No. Okay. Been lazy. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just working my way through the extras, and then I'll watch the episodes, um, which is what I normally do. But I also watched. Um, I took a break from that, and I got the. There's a new documentary DVD come out called Who Am I, uh, which is about um, the writer of the McGann TV movie. Um, oh, yes. What's his yeah. name? Matthew Jacobs. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's about him and his relationship with the movie and some of the things that have been said to him over the years about, you know, how dare you write the Doctor as half-human, what were you thinking, the kiss. And he, he goes onto the the convention circuit for the first time to try and immerse himself in the fandom and see if he's going to get lynched <laughs> or if they or if he's going to find, like, a Who family. And it's quite an interesting little documentary. It's only about, uh, about an hour and 20 minutes long. And um, I really, really enjoyed it. And I don't think you haven't seen it, have you? No. No. Well worth a watch, mate. It's, um, I mean, it is just him basically just trying to find out what Doctor Who's about. And I didn't realise that his dad was in, in the Gunmakers as well. And he obviously had quite um, a, uh interesting relationship with his dad. I can't quite work out, you know, there's, there's some issues there, I think. So there's some emotional attachment to Doctor Who. And it's really just about him trying to find some sort of meaning <laughs> to this thing that's sort of been lurking in the background of his life all these years in terms of his dad and the gunfighters and writing the TV movie and all the stuff that came with that. And he, he does go back and um, meet the director of the TV movie for the first time. Um, <clears throat> was it the director or the... Who's the who's the main guy that always gets come? It's the producer, Philip Siegel, Philip Se- exec- yeah. producer. Yeah. yeah, he goes back and meets him, and he he does say at the start of the documentary, oh, he says some stuff in the book that I want to talk to him about that wasn't true, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, it's going to kick off. Getting but they don't tasty. actually. Yeah, it's going to get a bit tasty. Um, but they don't actually. They're they're really sort of pleasant to each other when they meet, and whether they cut it out or whether he didn't even didn't end up saying anything to him in the end, I think he does confront him about one thing. Um, but that was to do with the DVD extra, funny enough. He's like, you called me mad on a DVD extra or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So it's an interesting little watch. Um, an interesting little watch. <clears throat> yeah, you I thought it was all going to kick off. <laughs> he's, I think he's, yeah, I think he called him mad. But. Oh, God. So that was a nice little, yeah. So apart from watching all the season two stuff, which has been great and lovely to get that box set and have a, it's, it, it's something lovely about having a um, black and white set joined in the range i have to say just putting it in with the rest just was a nice little moment of joy mm-hmm. um yeah so apart from that i'm watching the who am i documentary which was pretty cool, cool um cool. i've not done anything else i slipped on the old torchwood last night <laughs> i was like ah oh, two episodes left let's get this you know let's get this one done so the <laughs> penultimate one has been watched yeah and notes have been made mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll talk about that but what about you yeah yeah so you haven't managed to get into your Do you know what? I had a weird one. This is such. This is one of those things where fate intervenes and just limbing fate. Do you know what it was? Last on last week's episode, we spoke very briefly about this, and we had said we had joked, hadn't we, that a lot of people had got their sets early because they ordered it from. I think it was Zavi. Yeah, yeah. Finally arrived on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well that's no biggie because, like you said, people kick off and say finally i've got it when it was the due date they got it anyway so i thought that's all good i'll get it on at the weekend and i said to you that i'd ordered it from amazon and you said oh i don't order from there anymore because i have problems Mm. here we go so it was due (laughs) out for delivery on saturday so i thought well that's going to be cool because i get it Mm -hmm. saturday 
Worst case scenario, I can open it and watch through it. It's Sunday. Anyway, Saturday evening, no delivery. And then just as I thought about it, because I sat on the sofa, just made a cup of tea, sat down, and I'd put something on, and I thought, should I watch some Doctor Who? And that then triggered my memory, like, actually, I should have got my box set today. Mm. What's that about? And as soon as I thought of it, my phone pinged, and it was a notification on the Amazon app. And it said, really sorry we didn't get your thing to you today. We were experiencing problems, whatever. It should be with you tomorrow. I was like, hmm, not good. Not good, because I've seen this before. Basically, that means I've cancelled my order or something's wrong and I'm not going to get it. Anyway, I did get it on the Sunday, but the, the Amazon driver didn't turn up until, I think it was seven o'clock, quarter past seven in the evening. So I was done. I was like, well, I can't open it now because just finished dinner, doing some housey stuff, I'm going to jump in the shower, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't get around to watching it, dude. And it wasn't my fault. I, I had planned to watch some of it on Saturday evening stroke Sunday lunchtime. But Amazon put the, put the brakes on that. I see a lot of people have had problems with Amazon because they they went out of stock over the weekend before it was released. And then people were saying, why hasn't mine been dispatched? You know, it's not going to be here for Monday, the day of release and all this. And I see some people still haven't got it. And some people who did get it from Amazon had it delivered in a really flimsy cardboard sleeve. And so it was all dinged and dented. Did yours arrive in what pressed it? Oh, a bag? A bag, mine came in. No, oh God, I'd have gone mad if mine had turned up in that. Gary's holding up an Amazon paper bag, by the way, listeners, which is what it was delivered in, I assume. Yeah. Was it all right? Uh, It it is all right, actually. Um, No little dings or anything. The only thing is it's got a little bit of a press in the corner. Oh no, it has in the corner. Oh, mate. Other than that. Um, I was expecting worse, to be honest with you. But other than yeah. that, it's it's okay. It's all good. I could, li- yeah, they could live with that one because it's in the bottom corner. What I hate is well, I don't know why it's in the top corner because it's so your eye goes straight to it, doesn't it? That's it does, the problem yeah. with those um, boxes. They are lovely, but because they're made of card, <laughs> mm. you know, they're easily damaged, aren't they? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Manufacturing and. Uh, not manufacturing, uh, transportation and packaging and everything. Um, mm. I ordered a couple of toys, a couple of figures off this website in the UK called nerdtoys.co.uk. And it was just literally a couple of carded figures, nothing amazing. But the box it came in, it, they were they were wrapped and then they were had bubble wrap around it. And then they had, you know, those little polystyrene, little, little carrots, I call them. Yeah, oh, I know, yeah. Yeah, and it was literally packaged so well, you could have sent, you know, your your grandma's jewellery in it and it would have been completely fine. So, whereas, you know, that cost me 25 quid, whereas this set, which was 50 quid in the end, Amazon didn't drop the price at all, it was 50 no, quid. they didn't, did they? They no. sent it out in this flimsy little envelope. Not good. Not good. No, it's annoying. <laughs> um, anyway. Have you ever had anything delivered from Every? <laughs> oh, ages ago, mate, yeah. Oh, because they, they have got such a bad reputation. And uh, I had something recently, and um, I kept thinking it was taking ages to actually get out of their distribution centre. Anyway, finally got a notification it was coming. I thought, all oh, good. And then um, I got a ping, and I was like, oh, every could not deliver your parcel. I thought, what? I'm sat at home. I'm here. I'm, I'm in the house. I've been here all day. And they, kept, they came and took a picture of the gate, turned around and walked off again. <laughs> and I'm like, why didn't you, why didn't you come in? The gate's open. I'm at home. It didn't even like attempt to like yeah. come and see me. And I'm like, what's going on? Dude, this is so that. weird. This is so weird because exactly the same thing happened to me two yeah. weeks ago, but with Royal Mail. So, oh, right. Yeah. So I um I put my tracking code in on the website. And it said, 
um, couldn't gain access to premises. I was thinking, what are you going on about? You know, unless you see just a gate as a, <laughs> you know, some sort of Fort Knox situation, they just opened the yeah. gate and come up. Anyway, they did the same thing. They took a photo of the front of my house and just said, unable to gain access. I'm thinking, but there's nothing in front. There's nothing there. Yeah. it's weird dude i think it's just them fudging it because they couldn't be bothered or something went wrong so instead of just apologizing and saying there was a problem with our delivery schedule today we couldn't get it to you they just say something just to put down on the system it's yeah it's so frustrating though because you see the picture and you think so you were literally there you were literally in front of my door <laughs> why didn't you just put the parcel behind the gate it's it's so frustrating yeah. isn't it absolute nightmare but nightmare. anyway we hope everyone who did order their Season two sets have now got them because it's already towards the end of the week. So yes, hopefully people are diving into those. So indeedy, yes. Hope you've uh, you've gone through those. I wonder what the next set's going to be. Then I was just going to yeah, I was just thinking that. Wonder what it will be. Yes. Place your bets. Place your bets. Yeah. So I haven't done anything, dude, uh, other than watch Torchwood last night. So Mm. fairly average Doctor Who week. Just watching Torchwood. So, before we crack on with the news and our review, make sure that you are subscribing to this very podcast. Yeah, wherever you get your podcast, just do a search of The Big Blue Box, you'll find us on there. And uh, it'd be lovely to have you as a as a subscriber or a follower, so you won't miss an episode when it lands every single Friday. You can also listen over on the website, which is bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk, and you can check out all of the very cool articles and reviews uh, and everything that go out on there from our awesome writing team. We had quite a few that went out this week. Loads this week, yeah. Yeah, they were on fire, those guys. Um, uh, I think it was mainly uh, Jordan and Marie. Oh, and Harry as well. Uh, let's have a look. We had um, we had a couple of big finish reviews. So we had, um, oh, first of all, Maria. Um, we had her roving on the spot report from when she went to the Terence Dix event back in October yes. at Riverside Studio. That was very cool. Check that out. We also had Jordan reviewing The New Adventures of Bernie Summerfield, Volume 7. Uh, check that out. He also reviewed Big Finish, Doctor Who Unbound, uh, The Doctor of War, Volume 2, the Colin Baker set. Go and check that out. We also had Harry's rundown of the uh, worlds of wonder exhibit that you went to in liverpool he did the same yeah. thing so he gave us his report on there and we also had jordan do another big finish review and that was the master box set called nemesis express which was the uh the eric roberts master mm. uh, story so a ton of very cool review and articles over on the website and you can also listen to free for free as i said uh, all the podcast episodes we're on the socials too instagram twitter and facebook links on the website come and follow us over there and we have a free discord server so come and jump in there and chat. Plenty of very cool uh, Doctor Who chat with lots of other cool Doctor Who fans. Uh, talking about going and following people and uh, going <laughs> to check out their stuff, don't re- forget, don't remember to, don't forget <laughs> and remember to go and check out Adam's channel over on YouTube. But it's, of course, The Geek's Handbag. The Geek's Handbag. Yeah, go and have a look at my channel, YouTube channel, The Geek's Handbag. Got hopefully two brand new vids coming out before Christmas. I'm working very hard on them. Right? Well, not right now, because we're doing this, but mm-hmm. this I'm working hard on them. Go and watch them. <laughs> <laughs> go, just go and watch them. Get a cup of tea, get comfy, and watch all of Adam's stuff. And um, uh, he's on the socials too, uh, under the same name, The Geek's Handbag. So go and give him a like and a follow. Indeed. Rightio. Uh, we're going to hop into the TARDIS then and do a wee bit of news. So I thought it'd be cool to cover a few different news 
bits and bobs that have been hovering around over the last week in this one article so there's uh, there's a blog a website called screenrant.com they usually do uh, a bunch of fairly good roundups of um, what's happening across various franchises and whatnot and this one was titled uh, doctor who season 14 is already avoiding three massive modern era problems now i think that's a little bit of a a clickbaity uh, title <laughs> because these are not problems as such they're just creative decisions that have you know changed how Doctor Who has been put out into the world over the last few years, predominantly the Chibnall era. And really what it's doing is it's leaning into the whole um, mindset at the moment that Russell T. Davis has come back to save Doctor Who from the evil that is Chris Chibnall. That's kind of the the tone of the title and stuff. But it does cover three very cool things that we can just bash off all in one go. So the first Mm -hmm. one, the first... uh, uh, I just want to read this intro paragraph, actually, because it does actually lay the groundwork very nicely so it says doctor who season 14 is already avoiding three massive problems with the modern series chibnall's tenure as showrunner was unfortunately very divisive in part this was because the um, of controversial story decisions such as the timeless child retcon which revealed the doctor not as a time lord but rather uh, a being that originates from outside the universe who became the base genetic template for the time lord race But the Chibnall era was also divisive because a number of production decisions, albeit with the best intentions. So I think that's the best way to look at it. As I said, it wasn't because Chibnall wanted to derail Doctor Who and go down in flames and take it all with him. It was just that um, he just wanted to try different things, you know, blah, blah, blah. So the first one is um, that uh, we're now having a lower episode count per series. So we're only going to get eight episodes per series. So I want to get your thoughts on this bit, bud, because mm. um, the way that they they mention this in in this article is um, a lot of fans have said that this is disappointing news for them because they're used to having twelve or thirteen episodes per series, and even Chibnall, uh, when he reduced the episode count, he only did that because he was forced to because of the disruption with the pandemic a couple of years ago and yeah. being able to film and whatnot. Um, but um, it is important to remember that there's there's a, a lot of pressure that's involved with making Doctor Who. And we've seen this loads of times in different interviews from people who have played not just the Doctor, but companions and production staff. It's a grueling, just full-on slog. And I think Matt Smith spoke about it the most out of all the Doctors, mm. but it really is such a huge thing to take on. So by reducing it down a little bit, that then reduces the chance of actors having burnout and the production and everything. So that's why it appears that RTD has committed to the eight episodes per 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 season from the get-go. He's basically said that that's, that's the deal. And mm. it also kind of aligns itself with modern TV anyway at the moment. A lot of stuff that goes out on Netflix these days and all the rest of it, you're looking at sort of eight, maybe a 10-episode run max. So yeah. it does kind of fit nicely in with the, the the more modern sort of way of of doing TV anyway. But are you bothered eight episodes versus thirteen? Um, I'm not really bothered by it to be honest. No, I think eight eight's kind of the minimum I would like. You, you know, ideally, I wouldn't want to see any less than eight. Um, and as long as it's uh, quality over quantity, mate, then I'm I'm absolutely happy with that. And I I I think Russell. Um, knows the score, he's been there and done it all before, so he knows what he's doing. Like you said, he's probably thinking, like you said, about, you know, how gruelling the schedule can be. If you think about 
episodes like Blink and that, which are very Dr. Light episodes to give the actor a break, um, but so that they could still include another episode. You know, as long as we, you know, as long as we're not getting Dr. Light episodes anymore, even though they were good. It's, I think he knows what he's doing, basically. Uh, Mm. There's reasons why we're getting eight. And although it does sound a little low when you first say it, um, I think... Yeah, I think it's a nice little run of episodes that I think a series like Andor and, you know, the Star Wars spin-offs, they're all eight or is it ten? Actually, now I think about it. Are they eight or ten? Did you say? How many episodes of Andor? Oh, that was twelve. Was it? Yeah. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't like it to be any less than eight. Let's put it that way. But I'm fine with it. I mean... With the three specials with Tenant uh, the year before, you know, and also we're getting the Christmas special back, which I think is a is a big plus. Um, yes, you know, it's overall there. There's twelve episodes from RTD straight away. So, although it's you know split over two years, if you look at it in terms of months, in the twelve months we will have actually got twelve episodes from him. If you look mm-hmm. at it like that, um, so yeah, it's. Yeah, I'm not disappointed with it. I'm, I just as I said, as long as they're quality eight episodes, then um, I think that's a nice little run. It's a nice little series. Yes, obviously we'd yeah. love more. We you know the more the better, but <laughs> as long as they're good, I'm I'm happy with that. Yes, of course. Yeah, and um, uh, I, I have exactly the same feelings as you on on that dude. I think um, if we get quality over quantity, that's always a good thing. And um, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. That leads nicely into the second bit of news that we are going to get Christmas specials back which is very mm, cool. So we're not going to have yeah. one this year, unfortunately, but uh, RTD uh, has, uh, I think he tweeted this as well, uh, or somebody did. Um, uh, somebody did. Oh, um, one of the production staff, Jenny, uh, Jenny um, uh, Dimensions in Jen said, uh, we're all forgetting that between November 2023 and December 2024, there'll be three tenant spe- specials and a festive special and eight regular episodes and another festive special. Oh, right, okay. Which is going to be awesome. So, Russell T. Davis has confirmed, he tweeted out to say that um, he's writing the, or sorry, the Christmas special for next year, 2023, has already been written and signed off, done. And now he's writing the special for 2024. Which is amazing. So that's uh, that's very cool. So the other thing that was very divisive around Chibnall was that he took away the Christmas special, Mm. as we know, and replaced it with the New Year's Day special, or called it the festive special, quote-unquote. And uh, again, this was one thing that really, really didn't land that well with fans because it is a lot of people do have it as a bit of, especially Who fans within the family, they do have it as a bit of a tradition where you want to get everybody round at Christmas Day and it's very nice and cosy once you've had your Christmas mm. dinner to be there with your fam and watch the Doctor Who Christmas special. It was a very, it was very cool, so... The fact that Davis has gone back to that as well. You, you do get the feeling, although this article was clickbaity in its title, you do get the feeling that now Russell is coming back and uh, sort of putting a few things right that has been off, off kilter a little bit with this stuff. So mm. Christmas special, dude, back next year and beyond. Yeah, it's that cosy feeling that you just mentioned that I like about it. I think um, I always looked forward to Doctor Who being on Christmas Day. Um, even if I had to watch it when I got home so I could hear it, because often the family are so noisy, there was no point trying to watch it on Christmas Day. Um, but there is something lovely about having Doctor Who there in the schedule. And somehow, I don't know why, the New Year's Day specials just didn't have the same feeling. I think it's just because at that point you've 
you know, you're just watching it all hung over the next day after New Year's Eve. And I don't know, it doesn't have that same warm glow about it that Christmas does. So, yeah, I, I, although it's just a week in reality, um, I do think there's something nice about having Doctor Who on Christmas Day. And it yeah. feels very uh, premium, if you know what I mean. Like the, the Christmas Day schedule from the BBC is always something they're so proud of. You know, they make such a big deal of here's the Christmas Day schedule. And to just to have Doctor Who part of that just makes it feel like they're... You know, they're back on board of it rather than just, you know, discarding it to, oh, that can go on New Year's Day to fill that time slot. It, <laughs> You know, the, the Christmas Day schedule is a bit of a big thing for the BBC, isn't it? It is, you man. Know, they try and yeah. put out a couple of bangers at least or what they consider bangers, you know, call the midwife and blimmin' EastEnders and all that, but all the things that they think are great and love. And it was always nice to have Doctor Who just part of that schedule. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah, and the last bit of news is that we are going back to a confirmed yearly series of Doctor Who. That's great news, yeah. So this kind of ties this all up nicely. So we get the eight episodes now per series. We're going to go back to the Christmas specials, and we're going to have a series of Doctor Who every year. Now, this is kind of um, depends on how you look at this bit in regards to how uh, Chibnall treated this, because... I get the feeling that because he was still doing as many episodes as he could per series mm. in order to reduce the amount of crunch that everybody went through to finish everything up, especially towards the end. So when you get to the end of the production of a series, you often get the the editors and the visual effects guys and everybody just working their nuts off mm. in order to get it finished so it's in ready in time for, for broadcast and so on. And then on top of that, you've got reshoots and actors coming back in to do vocal um, tracks and all the rest of it. It becomes really intensive in that last couple of months of production. So what Chibnall did to try and mitigate some of the burnout and people just being knackered all the time was that he increased the length of time between series. Mm. But the other way to look at it is that, well, it's kind of out of his hands. It was out of his hands a little bit because of the pandemic. But the two of them those two forces together didn't really go down well with fans because it was just a nightmare having to, because there were some other TV shows that did make their way around that in terms of being COVID safe still and filming for, for some reason, Chibbers, although he was forced to stop also decided to elongate that break anyway. Yeah. So what we've done now uh, it's what we've done. Like I'm doing it like Russell has done now is that he's decided, look, we need to give, well, it appears anyway, he needs to give fans something concrete to look forward to. So instead of this wishy-washy, yeah, we'll do a series and it will land at the beginning part of the year, and then you're going to have to wait a year and a half for another series of Doctor Who, and maybe we'll do a special, maybe not. He's basically laid the grain, laid, laid the groundwork now and said, yes, Christmas specials, eight episodes every year. Bosh. Mm. There's, your, there's your new era of Doctor Who. So... That wraps it all up in a nice little bow for me. That's just perfect news. Very cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, I just love the stuff coming out of Russell's mouth. You know, this talk of, you know, the, all this cementing things in so that we know they're there, and and talking of building an empire, which I think alludes to this rumor about you know spin-offs and stuff. I just, it all sounds very exciting. Um, I just want to quickly ask you two things, mate. Firstly. We've noticed that the TARDIS prop, you know, in the in the promotional pictures, and also in that little clip you were talking about, where they said filming started, is is the Jodie era TARDIS exterior, 
Um, do you think they're keeping that that TARDIS? Because it is it is nice. I mean, the interior of Jodie's TARDIS was a complete dog's dinner, but the the you know the actual TARDIS box looked great, and it looks like they might be keeping it. How do you feel about that? I think it's. Uh, I think it's. It looks cool. I, I think it does look cool. It's. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be disappointed. Put it that way. Mm. I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch it and think, "Oh God, not that thing from the little clip <laughs> on on Instagram or anything." I th- no, I think it's cool. What about you? Yeah, no, I, I think it's a, it's a nice t- Tardis box. So mm. I'm, yeah, as long as they change the interior, because I'm never a fan of that. And I think there was a leak last night of the new of a new Tardis interior. So it looks like mm. if that leak is true, we don't know. It looks like they've they're getting a new interior. Um, the other thing I wanted to quickly ask you was, uh, so the other thing that Russell said, this is what I mean about him being so amazing that he's back and giving all, Doctor Who magazine all these little nuggets of these little tidbits is the other thing he said. So the picture of Shooty that they've used in this article, which is from the trailer, you know, with the sky behind him, Russell says, you'll never see that that exact shot again because we've that background is not the background that's in the episode. So those clouds, we've put them in to hide what's where he actually is because it's a really big spoiler where he actually is <laughs> so i thought that's interesting uh, so i'm wondering now if they if they uh covered somebody up with that sky is there anybody stood behind him or is it the place that he's in is he inside the tardis there or is he in bad wolf bay you know what so there's that's interesting so we're never going to see that shot of, you know there's the bit where he turns around and says Somebody tell me what the hell is going on. Oh, that yeah. shot. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. there's clouds behind him. We're never going to see that again. That's only for the trailer because it's um, they changed it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm intrigued now. What was spoilery about that mm. two-second shot that we couldn't see that they had to change? Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. another little nugget that was in Doctor Magazine this uh, this month. Mm. Yeah. Intrigued. Doctor, Doctor Who Magazine's bringing the bacon at the minute. Isn't it's it? gone from like being on life support to absolutely thriving. It's great. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I love it. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. Very cool. Uh, okay. So that's the news then. Yep. Other than like the leaked TARDIS video clip and all that jazz. Mm. Um, that's the only <laughs> thing that's been doing around, which is very cool. Yeah. I would imagine that as we podcast throughout the next year, we will have a bit more regular news dropping, a bit more than we have done the last couple of years, I would say. So that's good. Right, yeah, dude. It's review time. What we got? Yeah, so we're battling through with uh, Tortured Miracle Day. We're on the penultimate episode now, and it's called The Gathering. They took your blood, and they keep trying to spill your blood. Someone wants you dead for a reason, and I think this stuff's the only hope we've got. I have reason to suspect you may be illegally harboring an unsupported Category 1 deceased person. You've been invited to Shanghai. Families want to meet you. What is the plan? What's it all for us? We need you to write history. I could do that. Everywhere we turn, this conspiracy spans the whole of the 20th century. This is where it gets interesting. The whole family just disappears. You scared? Your skin's a little too tight? There's something just out of the corner of your eye you can't quite see? I have the name of the man created the miracle got the name (laughs) harry bosco harry bosco (laughs) (laughs) right then right then episode eight of miracle day the penultimate episode it was first broadcast back in the u.s on the 2nd of september 
2011, and then we got it a week later on the 8th of September in the UK. It, and it's the ninth episode, dude. Just to just that's to what I said. It. That's what I said. I, I said the ninth. Did you? <laughs> Thank you. The ninth episode, <laughs> penultimate episode. Uh, why did I say the eighth? Anyway, it was written by John Fay. It was directed by Guy Ferland and produced by um, Kelly Manners and Brian Minchin from the UK stuff, overseen, obviously, and produced by RTD and Julie Gardner, etc. Uh, it stars the usual Torchwood uh, cast and crew that we've seen so far this year. And the synopsis for this one is the culprits of the miracle are now known the three families. Two months later, uh, so two months after Jack was shot when they were escaping from the, um, the, the, the Angelo's house, uh, the world has further devolved into chaos with everyone no longer caring about other anyone other than themselves. The category ones are no longer a concern with them all being burned without a care. At the same time, Torchwood continues looking into the blessing while Rex and the CIA look into finding a lead to the identities of the three families' members. So, we're nearly there, bud. We're nearly there. What did Yao think to this one? <laughs> Oh, I don't know about you, but considering <laughs> the um, considering this is the penultimate episode, um, I think it's quite surprising, really, that we probably spent eighty percent of the episode in Gwen's kitchen. Uh, it just—I kept thinking, <laughs> are we ever going to leave this blooming kitchen? I mean, actually, to be fair, I didn't think it was a bad episode. Um, it just didn't feel like a sort of end, getting near the end of the series episode. If you know what I mean, if this had been midway, if this had been a midway episode, I think it, it would be quite good because it's got. It's quite a talky episode. As I said, they don't, nothing really, you know, there's, there's little plot points coming in um, and there's some interesting moments. There's some good suspenseful moments like when those nasty people are coming in looking for Gwen's dad and they almost find him and then they surprise them by coming back later and then they do find him and he's taken away. And, you know, there's some good moments in it um, and the cast are actually good in it. I will say that. Uh, Barrowman, uh Eve Miles is fantastic. She pretty much carries this episode, I feel. But in, in you know, Reese is great. It's in, the cast are very good in it. The episode itself is okay. It just doesn't feel like the penultimate episode. You know, we should be really firing firing on all cylinders there. We should be really ramping up, you know, the, the story. And it, it's just another plodder, really. Uh, as I said, if it had been mid-series, I think I would have been saying, yeah, you know, good episode, wondering where this is going. But we sh this should be really, like, kicking in at this point, and it, it wasn't. So, that, you know, judging on that, it's just a very another very average episode, really. Didn't, didn't do a lot for me, just had some good moments. So it didn't sort of leave me absolutely biting at the teeth to get to the final, you know what I mean? It didn't leave me, when it finished, I didn't think, oh, my God, can't wait to watch the last one and see how this concludes i just switched it off and went you know i was just like that that was literally my reaction i was just like okay you know so yeah bit yeah the good good stuff but a bit yeah a bit me a little bit mad the, the cast were good though mate i will say that the, yeah. You know, they, yeah they they delivered i mean they, they managed to build up a bit of tension in it but yeah i see what do you reckon i see <laughs> uh, I was bored out of my mind, bud. Oh, well, God. I'll be honest. Dear. I was completely bored. Of the kitchen. bored. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't a lot oh, going on, was God. it? God, this was. We've we talk, we spoke in the news, didn't we, about future series of of who being eight episodes long? 
this series should have been eight eps maximum. Yeah. And this episode feels like it would have been a really good episode four or five out of eight, this one. Because this is the point where it almost feels like it's the tipping point because you have them finally discovering what the what the the blessing is you have them figuring out what Ficorp is you have the emotional um tipping point with um gwen and them finding her dad mm. and he's off to be to be toasted and then you have um jack realizing that something's up with with his blood specifically as they get mm. closer to that part of the earth where yeah, Shanghai, where they were one entry of the of the thing that runs through the earth, which we know now is the uh, not the ble- is it the blessing or what's it called? Um, is the blessing uh, the miracle or the bless? Oh, the blessing. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, this would have been a really, really good sort of mid-series episode, mm-hmm. and then the the last few remaining episodes, if it was eight in total, the last three could have been them like battling against Ficorp and these people and all the rest of it. But to have it as the penultimate one where you're trying to really build into the like the the kick ass bit as the finale kicks off. I just couldn't see it, mate. I just could not I could not understand why they put an episode like this and it was my only thought process was, okay, they're trying to go with the whole calm before the storm approach where mm. you kind of bring everything down to a more emotional level cut back on all the action scenes don't have any of that so there's no sex scenes there's no action scenes there's nothing like that you just go with the emotional anchor which essentially is gwen's dad and he's like the representative i suppose for all the other category ones that have now been shifted to a different priority and they want to get rid of them all Mm. so that's the i think that's the angle that they went with but it was so bloody boring mate it was there were some scenes where I thought, okay, this might give us a bit of a very cool insight into what's going on. And but it, it did, like the, the bit where um, you know that they've chosen um, Kissinger. Kissinger now to be this kind of I don't really understand, but this kind no, of storyteller. Not just me. Yeah. yeah. So they've hired her, I guess. Initially, it was this sort of rogue CIA agent, wasn't it, that mm. approached her and hired her. But we have no idea if he's actually that at all now. And he's removed himself from the story. They wrote him out. He was like, you'll never see me again. So he walked off. You're like, okay, fine. And then you thought, okay, she's being promoted to something. And then she goes to see this guy. And you have no idea what he's doing either. It's like, what, what, who, what, who are these people? And why have they been brought here? So the guy that she goes to see, um, it turns out that he's some kind of journalist or something. Is that the guy on the bench? <laughs> no, no. The guy on the oh. bench was the rogue CIA dude oh, that hired see, in the I've first lost, place. Yeah. This is when she gets to Shanghai. She sees that guy in the glasses, the nerdy looking guy with a oh, laptop. Oh, him, yeah. And yeah. Um, uh, he was basically, he, he's basically given us a small nugget which is some people have been saved by the blessing and he was one of those people and um he now wants to hire her because she's very good at the whole pr journalistic things Mm. and they've this because it kind of links into the 
the, this thing that they've discovered where this has been going on for decades. And what used to happen before was they used to hire people to translate out of Mandarin or an Oriental language, but purposefully mistranslate it for their own gains so that the Western world could have a bit more of a, you know, they could manipulate what was going on. So she's been hired to do that very thing because she's very good at the PR stuff and everything. So they've hired her so that this stuff that's coming out of this part of the world, Shanghai and stuff, she can purposefully tweak it and make it, you know, but that's the only kind of thing that we get our eyes open to Mm. because even the reveal at the end, and I'm sorry, listener, of course, there are going to be spoilers. Even the very reveal at the end of what the blessing actually is. It's just a bloody cave that runs through <laughs> like the... <laughs> oh, my God. Do you remember when we watched um, Children of Earth? And we were like, dude, the build-up is just insane oh, with this series. Yeah, and the so reveal. Yeah, yeah, the reveal of the alien and and everything. It was just so <laughs> creepy and atmospheric. And it was so yeah. freaking badass. And then you get to this and it's like, okay, what juicy alien have they got hiding away in the earth that's sort of masterminded this whole thing? And in the end, we don't even know. It's, it's just a wind tunnel through a cave that runs directly through the earth. And, you, uh, and it was the build-up was... The build-up was ridiculous as well because when they were taking... So Kissinger meets with this woman God knows who she is. I was going to say, who is she? Who the who bloody is hell she? is this woman? Who is <laughs> yeah. she? Who, what is she doing here? So she, she basically builds it up to Kissinger the same way that it's being built up to us, the viewer. It's mm. like, oh, many people have seen the blessing and have taken their own life. Some people have, you know, and it's, it's they almost build it up to be this kind of religious thing where yeah. it's, you, you kind of liken it to people who have, who have heard God's voice or have seen God and, you know, have had a spiritual kind of awakening and then they take her through the barrier and the gate and she's just staring into a bloody cave a canyon <laughs> thing yeah and her eyes have lit up and she's like oh my god oh this my is amazing god. and you think to yourself I- i'm just not on board with this i'm sorry i cannot get my head around yeah this is not going to be a-, a good score for me but just off no, the bat i, I can thing. tell you and then I thought we- sorry, sorry and then just to- lastly with that whole yeah. reveal at the end you then thought okay, maybe there's something in the cave. Maybe there's something in there that's going to reveal itself. Maybe it's not just a few rocks that are sort of nipping about and all the rest of it. (laughs) But no, it really was just a breezy cave. (laughs) A breezy cave? Yeah, it was was definitely... I mean, I was just sat there thinking, gosh, is this the big reveal? Because I thought we were going to see those guys with the sad masks on again, you know? I expected to see, like, all of them losing their mind at the bottom of this pit. You know, the guys with the mask with the downturned smile on it? I thought, yeah, Mm. well, you know, what happened to them? They were were quite creepy, but we only saw them for, like, five seconds. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm also... I've, I've sort of lost track of all the threads in this story, really. And worst of all... I don't really care. I think that's the problem. Like you said, it's not. There's nothing in this. Like with Children of Earth, we were so gripped, and you use you use the word atmospheric there, which I think is perfect. It was so atmospheric, and it really drew you in, Children of Earth. You wanted to know what is that in that box, you know. And when we did get to see it, we only saw it, you know, in shadows. And then there was this thing on its back, and it was so interesting. Mm. And like you said, with this, it's just they take her into some old, <laughs> I don't know 
underground bunker or whatever it's meant to be. And there's a blooming cave <laughs> there with blood flow, flowing into it. It didn't look very good either. I mean, I know this is a few years old now, mm. but the effects and... Yeah, it's just a real damp squid, really. It's just a really sort of... This whole series, really, has just been uh, a disaster, quite frankly. I mean, like you said, if this had been a midway point, it might not be too bad because you might be thinking, okay, we've still got another four episodes. I wonder what, you know, what's in the cave. Maybe there's, there's got to be more to this, but I get the feeling there isn't more to this. This is just it. This is, you know, we're going to get a next episode which will wrap everything up. Um, and yeah, it, th- there's nothing really exciting me about it. As I said, I, I just kind of just want to watch next week's just to finish up the story, but I haven't really followed it particularly well. In, in terms of what's going on, why did Kissinger work with Danes? Why was Danes a celebrity in the first place? How, how come he was suddenly in Card in Wales? Uh, why did he want to meet Jack? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's just even though I know the answer to some of those questions, they're not particularly interesting answers. You know, the story has been really stretched to a within an inch of its life, and it's not not a particularly interesting story to begin with, it, it would seem. I mean, unless there's some massive revelation next week, and the, the next time trailer certainly doesn't make it look like there is. I've got to say, it wasn't a particularly exciting next time trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm yeah. not holding out a lot of hope for, for next the next week. I think the, the best thing that's going to be about episode uh, 10 is going to be the fact that we will have finally finished this series, and I can actually say... I've watched it because I'm pretty sure I gave up. I don't halfway through this when it was on TV. I don't think I made it to the end. So yeah, at least I will yeah. have finally watched Miracle Day, and I can say I've watched it. I can't yeah. see me watching it again. Checked, checked off the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read you, dude. I do read you, and that's the. Um, in all honesty, that's the crux of the story for this episode. That's literally it. It's um, it's Gwen and Reese trying to hide. Gwen's dad and they kind of done that already haven't they they've done it already I kept thinking haven't we already been through all this Mm. so that's that and then the other side of it was Kissinger Kitzinger uh, Hmm. hired and off to see the blessing so that's your two threads essentially through this episode and the the stuff with Gwen although we've seen it before really Eve Miles Eve Miles and Kai Owen were brilliant in this one they yeah. were so good um and actually bill pullman was pretty good in this one because he was good yeah he's got to that point where he's just lost his mind a little bit mm. he, he knows that he knows that if he gets captured that's it it's game up for him because he's category one so he knows that it's game up it's game over sorry and um so now he's trying to make himself indispensable so by going to gwen's place he's like i've got information for you it will help you guys discover whatever it is you're trying to discover. At the same time, um, I now know information about you guys. So you can't turn me in because, you know, I'll just tell them about you and then you're done for. So he kind of tries to make himself more valuable than he, he actually is. And he gives them a laptop and he gives them a name. And so, uh, you know, that name then goes back to Rex at the CIA. They start investigating that. They find oh, out. I forgot about Rex. Yeah, we got that woman in there as well. That Charlotte woman the mole, that seems to be yeah. the mole. Yeah, we've got yeah. all that going on. So yeah. she clearly works for FICorp because the 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 stuff the 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 logo and everything that's on her mobile phone is the same stuff that that <laughs> yeah. crooked CIA agent, the you Jurassic would have that Park on your dude, phone, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, the Jurassic Park dude who who topped himself in the previous episode. 
Hmm. Yeah. Also, dude, here's a cool thing for you that went absolutely bloody nowhere. Do mm-hmm. you remember in the last episode when we had that big old bloody to-do in that carnival about the... It's the morphic the field and the, the floor. field. And yeah. we have to get rid of... We have to... Uh, take the piece out and examine it and you have to get me out of there where's that because that was the main driving force for the past episode it was the the morphic field which is being powered underneath the dude's bed is the key to everything and if Mm. we solve that then we solve the blessing and all that stuff where's that I'd forgotten all about it till you just mentioned it. I'd yeah. completely forgotten about it, actually. Yeah, where's that gone? That was the main reason why Jack was shot, because he was trying to get that oh, piece yeah. of technology out of the house so that they can then research that and figure out what the frick's going on. Mm. But now they've dropped that, conveniently, and they've just fast-forwarded, like, don't worry, viewer, all that morphic field stuff was beep. Now we're just going to tell you what it is. Here you go. It's a cave. So <laughs> along okay. you go, dude. I'm it, getting. You are getting angry. I gotta say, I mean, I'd I'd forgotten all about that morphic field, mate. That just shows how you know important. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? I will tell you what, the, like... the last episode's got a lot of work to do <laughs> to save this. <laughs> it's ridiculous, mate. Because in a way, you kind of think, oh god, how how can you how can you take something that's on paper probably pretty sweet so i imagine when whoever pitched this to russell you know like yeah we should do this torchwood story it's going to be mint it's going to have like a global storyline and it's going to encompass the cia and it's going to be this big mystic thing but we're also going to throw in this love story and you know jack's ex kind of you know all that and then when it comes down to actually you know doing the thing it's like "Mm, yeah for this episode block for production block whatever we're no longer doing all that we're no longer doing all that because uh somebody changed their mind over breakfast this morning and they decided that that whole thing with the floor panels it's just going nowhere we <laughs> knew it was going nowhere when we filmed it but we just didn't say anything so now we've really got to ditch that because they'll look at their watches running out of time We've got yeah. two episodes left here. We need to wrap this up. We can't be doing floor technology. That's that's morphic field stuff. Let's just ditch that. So I'm pretty sure, dude, we're not going to see anything about that again. It definitely not in that last episode when we come to review that. We're definitely not going to hear anything else about that bloody floor thing with the <laughs> I whole just bubble. Thinking of the conversation as well, where they were trying to talk over it, and oh, man, that was a terrible scene, wasn't it? The thing is that that's the thing, isn't it? It almost there are so many direction changes throughout this this series that it's really hard to keep track and it and it, it doesn't really flow at all does it nothing in this series has flowed like mm, not really it, do, it mm. almost feels like they've they're sort of making it up as they go along as if they've got some quite cool ideas and they've written them down on their little notepad and they, like you said there are some good there are some good ideas in it but then they just haven't managed to sort of sew them together and bring all those ideas together. They've they've just sort of almost sort of just wandered through the series, as I said, almost as if they're just making it up as they go along, and then they'll throw in 
oh okay episode four put that put that bit in where jack's you know meets that guy that would be good and yeah. uh, and the three people <laughs> beat him to death you know throw that into that episode and we'll we'll think about that later on and there's no sort of structure to it really or at least the structure isn't very good hmm. uh, in the series because there definitely is some good ideas going on but they're so spread out over these 10 episodes that it just doesn't flow like a series should at all it just feels so disjointed that's the key disjointed i want to see that blimmin floor black i want to see that floor back next week (laughs) i'd forgotten all about the floor well the thing is we're going to see it it's frustrating because that made up probably a third of the last episode oh they spent ages staring at it yeah and the cia dude he was fairly grumpy Mm. uh didn't want them to to investigate it he wanted to do it within the cia didn't want torchwood to be leading that stuff and so that's why they hatched the plan to get Jack out of the house with the with a panel from the floor so that they could reverse engineer it, I guess, and find out, you know, a bit more about what's going on. So what was the point of doing all that then? What was the whole point of watching a third of an episode that had that was the and listener, you're probably thinking, all right, calm down a bit, but it's frustrating because what was the whole why would you why would you set that up as the main thing it wasn't like it was a tiny little subplot that was in that episode you know that was like the turning point of that episode where the 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 thing with angelo dying when nobody should be dying at this point Hmm. that was a thing that was like this is crazy like this is the best lead we've had for for ages it seems and then Jack discovers the floor and then everybody discovers the floor and everybody's into the floor and everybody's like, yeah, the floor's the key. Like that's the thing that we need to do. And then you fast forward to this episode and it's like a, it's like an episode of Emmerdale <laughs> or Coronation Street. It's like, that's just mosey on down the street. Yeah. Oh, that's Gwen's house. All right, love. Yeah. Not too bad. How are you doing? Yeah. Not too bad. And then, How did um, um, Jack get... <laughs> Jack had been shot. <laughs> Jack had been shot, right? And he was in the back of Esther's car in somewhere yeah. in America. How did they get on a plane when he's dying, get all the way to Scotland, which is where she finally stitches him up, isn't it? Or already yes. already got his Scotland. wound? Yeah. Scott, so they, they get on a... So we don't see any of that, but they, we, we jump from last week, them being in a car where Jack died in America to suddenly being in Scotland where she manages to sort of stitch Jack up the wound <laughs> and get the bullet out to then yep. being at Gwen's, Gwen's house in, in uh, Wales. Wales. Yeah. So what, how did that happen? I mean, was Jack just dying on a plane for eight hours while they flew over to Scotland? I mean, what? it's quite a big jump there. I mean, Yeah, you would just go straight to Gwen's house, wouldn't you? And how did he get on a plane when he'd, he'd got a bullet hole and was bleeding to death? And mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think they were trying to explain to us that the further that Jack gets away from one of the entry points of the blessing, whether it's the one in Shanghai or the one in, was it Buenos Aires, Argentina, something like that, then, you know, he starts, he doesn't feel the effect, so he heals. I'm just imagining going through security. Excuse me, sir, you seem to be bleeding to death. Ah, oh, don't worry about it. It's not, don't worry. I'm Jack Harkness. Oh, go through. That's, Please yeah. go fight, get first classes to the left on the right <laughs> you know it's like how did he get even get on a plane with a bullet hole bleeding to death i mean they it's just, just completely over, we, yeah it's just yeah it's just washed over yeah he's in scotland yeah accept it yeah. yeah i mean that's that's the thing as well that um 
that makes it more frustrating it's because they didn't even give us a a two minute clip of that stuff happening it was just let's do a time jump we're now several days weeks months whatever ahead and here we are so there's no there's no explanation and if you'd and if you'd left the previous episode as um on a bit of a kind of ambiguous thing then that would have been fine Mm. but like you said jack's got a hole in him bleeding to death guest uh guester (laughs) (laughs) esther's losing her mind she doesn't know what to bloody do. She's like, Jack, talk to me. Like, I don't know what to do. Blah, blah, blah. Don't die. Yeah. And now we fast forward and it's like, everything's fine. Yeah. Everything that you watched in the last episode basically means freaking zero to what you're about to watch, which is weird. So yeah, the whole thing with Jack and, and Esther, it's like, yeah, we're here, we're here, we're here. End up in Wales. When they get to Wales and they're at Gwen's place, that's that stuff is cool. That stuff's okay because... There's nothing wrong with slowing it down and just having a bit more of an emotional stuff, emotional stuff happening. That's all good. Mm. But the fact that it just wasn't, it wasn't needed at this point in the story, I think is the best way to put it. Because like you said, we've already done the whole, let's hide Gwen's dad, you know, and and why create a new bad guy at this point as well? You remember the dude that turns up at the house and he's got a real, he's got just a bee in his bonnet. He's like, I know you're hiding somebody and I'm going to find him. Yeah, you know, and then he turns back up later with the SWAT team, and they blast into the house and do all that stuff. And he's got this weird, like, why is he like that? It's like, I understand that it's his job; he has to hunt down the category ones because they need to be taken off to the ovens and stuff. That's what he's been tasked to do. But why come across as such an arsehole about it? Yeah, That's what and I why can't understand. Introduce this character like this late as well. I'm thinking because I was thinking, who's this guy? Yeah, like, have we seen him before? No. Weird. Yeah, like you said, there's no connection to him, is there? Why is he being like that? You know, it is weird, isn't it? Because yeah, you would have thought that he would have had, because he's we don't know any background about that guy at all, nothing at all. They he's just been created on the spot to be the bad dude of the episode. Yeah, villain of the week, villain yeah. of the week, right? So he's been created for this episode. We want to hate him. He's the sort of character that we're rooting for Gwen. We're rooting for her dad. We don't want anything to happen. And now we hate this guy because he wants to take Gwen's dad away. Mm-hmm. That would have been fine, but we just don't know anything about him. He's just popped up. So when it gets to the point where Gwen's dad goes off, it's sad because Gwen has fought hard to keep him out of harm's way to a degree and keep him hidden away and safe. That's sad. But then the dude that you want to hate, you don't really hate. It's just like, okay, we're not going to see him again either. I thought Gwen was going to go mad as well when she's almost so calm when they find her dad. I was expecting there to be, I thought, oh, he's going, they've got to have moved him or something because Gwen's being too calm about it. Mm -hmm. And I thought she was going to get the front, the saucepan out again and start hitting people like she did. She really gives (laughs) old Dana whack, doesn't she, that saucepan? I mean, I've got to say, thank God um, Eve Miles is in this, mate. You must agree. She's, she carries this episode. She's She's the best thing in it. I mean, she's, she's great in it. Um, especially given what she's given to do really i mean like i said 80 percent is them stuck in the blimming kitchen just talking and trying to work stuff out and but she does get some good moments like when she goes for dane and it's nice to see her and reese back together as well working working together again i like that that was cool i like the fact that we're back in wales it feels a little bit more torchwoody just the fact that we're back home um so that you know they're, they're really any sort of pluses i could say about it really is you know 
being back in Wales, I, I did think the cast, considering the episode is pretty weak, um, I do think the cast performed well. Even old matey boy, the new the new villain of the week, even he was good. It's just that, like you said, who is he? I mean, he's just like popped up from nowhere, but he still played the part quite well. Um, so they're really the only positives I can say about it. Um, and we, you know, in fact, and the fact we finally get some some answers to things. I mean, Esther's finally coming through. Yeah. Uh, finally, Esther gets a couple of nice scenes. This is why I think this should have been in the middle of the series because I felt like it's the first time, really, that I felt anything towards Esther. I just thought, oh, she had a couple of nice lines. She wasn't too bad this week. Where was that, you know, earlier on in the series? It's too late now, you know? Yeah, that's true. She was pretty good. So I mean, yeah, but it's the first time. Mm. I don't mind that as such, though, because that shows a little bit of character progression as we've gone Mm. through the series. So she's gone from this kind of mousy little quiet... um, you know, you wouldn't expect her to be so badass by this point. And now she's mm. gradually grown into, you know, a more kind of wiser, well-traveled, you know, bit more badass. So, mm. but yeah, it's, um, and that's what I mean. It would have been cool to do this over eight episodes because again, by this point, we should have seen her be like this. The, the, that, that bit in this, I think it was two episodes ago when she spoke to her sister and her sister was like, I'm going to volunteer to do this category, whatever. Yeah. That should have been the tipping point for her when she mm. just went mad, a bit like Gwen did early on in the series. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's taken a long time, <laughs> you know, basically the end of the series before we we see Esther actually grow grow a pair. That's yeah. basically the best way to put it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I know I read you, dude. And, uh, um, yeah, just... Just Gwen and Reese were so good in this. They they play when when they're when they're playing a couple that are into each other and happy. They are so naturally good at that. Yeah, they are. Yeah, you you really believe that they're a, that they're a, they're acted they act that so well. You know, in the earlier episodes when she's being a bit of a a bit of a beep and she's mm. kind of messing him around a bit and she's flirting with Jack and she's sleeping with Owen and stuff like that. You really feel for for Reese at that point. Yeah. And you think this doesn't feel right. You know, you and I have said it many times of why Gwen just randomly flirts in some episodes and doesn't in others. Mm. And it, when she does that, it's like, it doesn't feel right. But when those two are, are like they are, they have been in this series. And I think the last one as well, they, yeah. um, they're so good. They are so, so good together. So they were a highlight, like you said, for this oh, one. I think they, I think they held it together, mate. I think they totally held the story together. They, yeah, I, I, they do feel like a natural couple, those two. I think the two actors just um, work brilliantly together because they have their little they have their little disagreements and their little moments where they're having to go at each other like all couples do. But when it comes down to it, they, you know, they're, they're very much a team. Mm. And um, and you see that a lot in this episode. As I said, it's really the only saving grace for it, really, is uh, is those two working together. And like Reese just bouncing the globe up and down and Reese works out, you know, <laughs> hang on a minute. You know, yeah. it's a nice moment but uh, <laughs> yeah 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 and that's what i mean that was the soapy bit to me all the bits yeah. in swansea when they were at gwen's house that was all that felt very much like a soap that you were watching mm. um and then yeah i don't know what else to say dude uh, i haven't really got anything else on my notes i don't think really to oh, be honest such a shame because i thought because not the last episode but the one before i think we were really hooked back in 
and we were like, oh yeah, this actually feels pretty sweet now. Mm. Um, you know, we hopefully it's going to improve and be really cool as we get towards the end of the. But it seems we go any other way. It so, does, yeah. So, really expecting massive things from the last episode. But I'll be honest with you, because yeah, I I just don't know how. It must be written so well, this last episode, because if you think about it, they have to tie up not only the blessing and everything, but we have to uncover everything back in time as to why the three families got this discovered and working and happening in the first place. Hmm. We have to see what's going to happen with Kissinger. We have to see what's going to happen with Jack's wound, like how they, I guess, stop the blessing, how they put a stop to it and how that happens. Does Gwen's dad actually get put in the oven or do they figure this all out and save him before that happens? Yeah. What the frick? The other thing I've got in my notes as well, dude, which really annoyed me, yeah. <laughs> is in the previous episode, the the head of the CIA, remember the dude that was from Star Trek, Q? What was oh, his yeah. name? Oh, yeah, yeah, him. Um, um, you know who I mean. Yeah, I do, yeah. Was it... Um, uh, John John right. Delancey, who played Alan Shapiro, the head mm. of the CIA, in the part in the previous episode, he couldn't give Rex the time of day. He was like, um, basically just stormed in there, wanted to do the whole CIA thing. Rex mm. was trying to tell him stuff. He's like, ah, bugger off, you know. You, I think he he was coming across like you're you're part of Torchwood now, you know, or you're a traitor to the CIA. One of the two. Yeah. In this episode, he's like, all right, buddy. Yeah, yeah. We're like really good mates now, aren't we? Yeah, we're really good mates. Like we've always been. Yeah. Oh, boss, I need to go undercover on the down low. Nobody can know about it. Is that cool? Of course it's cool. You and I are best buds now. Of course, go and do your thing. God, you little, you little scamp. So <laughs> proud of you for figuring this out. Top work. Brilliant. The, the, the change in attitude is just night and day between those two. Like mm. what's happened with those two in the last uh, one? They, it was like, you're a dick. Yeah. You're a bigger dick. Just get out of my face. Yeah. Well, screw you. Yeah. Well, laters. And now it's like, Oh, you, yeah, grab my boy, cheek, you. Yeah, my boy solving everything. Oh, he's good. Oh boss. I need to go on the download. Oh, you go get him tiger. So, yeah. The, There's the, no consistency. Yeah. The writing, and the direction and everything between these two episodes, dude, is just mind-bogglingly, bogging, bogglingly weird mm. and out of place. Yeah. And also, Rex has been a bit like that, mate. One minute Rex is fighting against Torchwood, then he's working with them, and then he's fighting against them again. He's a bit like that, isn't he? Just wherever the story needs, you know, they just change him to suit it. Yeah. I mean, Rex is now working with them again, but... You know, last week he was sort of putting up a fight, wasn't he? Oh, well, I don't want anything to do with this. There isn't any consistency, really, in this series, it seems. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else on my notes, no. dude, other than just bitter disappointment. I am not expecting a lot from the conclusion. I'm really not. I'm going into it with very low expectations. But I hope I'm proved wrong, mate. I'd like to get some sort of satisfaction from from the last episode but i'm not not holding out much hope i, yeah, I really yeah. wanted to send you the the little funny intro that 
Barrowman and uh, RTD <laughs> did for this one because you know how I said as each episode goes on they just look more and more bored and uh, disinterested because <laughs> these little intros aren't on the the um, streaming services. Uh, yeah, yeah. This one was another cracker, mate. They look so. I mean, even RTD just looks like he's struggling to keep his eyes open. He's like, so th- this week, um, <laughs> he's really. And Barrowman looks like he hasn't slept for a week. He's like, yeah, Jack's back, and uh, and the, you know, it's just they haven't got anything to say. And you can see mm. the. You can imagine the people on the other side of the camera going, "Come on, energy up, energy up. We got to, we got to sell this thing." And um, I was just going to video off the TV and send it to you because you would have laughed, but I, I couldn't be bothered to get off the sofa to be honest with you <laughs> but yeah but i thought gosh if they're struggling to find any enthusiasm i mean rtd's normally great at whipping up a bit of a frenzy but even he just looks like he's he, i mean they're only 30 seconds these things and but even that felt like they were struggling to because he it, there isn't much to say about it is it he's like yeah we so this week the heart of the story is it's set in gwen's kitchen and um and he's just like what yeah they, even they are struggling with it mate i think you know, yeah, I think RTD is yeah. probably brushing this under the carpet a little bit this series. A wee bit, yeah. yeah. So The Independent reviewed this episode saying the gathering was fantastic. What? It was exciting and it felt as if the story was going somewhere. At times, there was an element of information overload with Rex and the CIA following up leads, yet it was engaging with subtle satire threaded in, there were more mentions of the economic turmoil caused by the miracle, which, in parallel, the turbulent state of our own economy was going through. It was nice to see Torchwood return to the UK temporarily with a reunion in Gwen's Kitchen in Swansea. And it will be interesting to see how the future series of Tortured will justify the constant shift between Europe and America. The gathering felt like it had been given a shot of adrenaline, with the pace picking up and the plot lines beginning to intersect. Was this person watching a different programme? Uh, I was just about to say, well, I don't know what episode he was watching. That's he's unbelievable. Been, he's, uh, he's, he's not watched this episode, has he? He's just, he's been, he's probably been sent like um, a, a press re- release, you know, like a press summary of the episode and he's read it and thought, well, that sounds good. <laughs> no way. Chud.com gave it a positive review saying Pullman <laughs> has been great as Danes throughout Miracle Day. And episode writer John Fay managed to keep the episode interesting. I'm just going to stop here, mate. It feels like these guys have been watching a completely different show. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, let's see if our listeners have have got anything better to say on this, because, yeah, maybe it's me and you, mate. Perhaps we're in a bad one this week, but I I have to agree with you on pretty much everything you said, to be honest with you. Yeah. Listener's going to say, you guys are in a a mood this week. We're in a mood. He's in one. They're in one of their moods. Uh, you used to go first, dude. I think. What you? Yeah. What score are you saying? Well, I'll, I'll give it a six out of ten. Um, I mean, it wasn't. I didn't think it was awful. As I said, it's the performances from the cast I thought were good. Um, but yeah, as a as a penultimate episode, very weak. So six out of ten, I'll go. A six. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, I will give this a five Ooh. out of ten. Golly, I thought you were going to be like a three or something. <laughs> I'll give it a five because. Um, you know, the stuff in Wales was cool. You know, that stuff with Gwen and, and Eve Miles and, and Kai Owen were fantastic. And to be honest with you, most of the stuff that was happening in Wales, Bill Pullman's performance was good. I like yes. this kind of, he's losing his marbles a little bit and, you know, he's clutching at straws and uh, and Esther was a bit better this week and stuff. But the majority of it, mate, was the rest of it outside of that was just mind-numbingly, I don't care. You know, all the stuff with Rex 
research and all the stuff and the CIA and all that. And then the bit with Kissinger, it was just all lost. It was just, it's just a mess. So yeah, yeah, a five from me. What did our listeners think then? Over on the Twitters, mm-hmm. uh, over on the Twitters, uh, we had uh, we had a few, so not too bad. Sam Dooley said, to sum up nearly every episode of this series, yawn. A bunch of plot threads come together to get resolved, unsatisfying, to lead to an even more unsatisfying season finale. This whole season is a skip for me. Four out of ten. Will Sanger, uh, um, uh, ever so slight step up simply because the tension and emotion of Gwen keeping her dad hidden was very good. However, the rest of it feels like a bunch of random plot points being pulled together and doesn't feel like a natural stepping stone from the last episode. Exactly, Will. Yeah, it feels like on. the opposite. Yeah, Chippy T, positive. There's a lot of tension in the Gwen story and intrigue in the CIA mole story. Unlike others, I also enjoy Rex's brashness and the contrast with Esther's meekness. Negative, a rambling mess because they are trying to cram too much in before the ending. A six from me. A six, okay. And Susie Bantam, very short and sweet. This whole season is a no from me. Maybe scrapes a three. <laughs> scrapes in thank you very much Twitter Twitter dudes over on uh, Facebook James Walsh says I will start with the positives number one it's the penultimate episode number two mm-hmm. nearly time to review a good show the negatives <laughs> reviewing this means I must skip I must skip the podcast oh dude well just listen to the beginning and switch yeah. off of the review yeah sorry James <laughs> and lastly Andrew Stewart definitely the best episode of this series really ramps up ramps up to the finale uh, I really enjoyed everyone, apart from Danes, who's a creep. But Bill Pullman plays mm. him very well. And I really felt bad for Gwen and her mam having to hand over her dad. And overall, I give this a 7.5. Mm, okay. So I think, Andrew, you've given us the best score so far, dude. Yeah. Very good. Uh, rightio, that's all of the scores and stuff. So on average, dude, this is probably a 5 yeah. out of 10, I would say, on average. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Some better news for next week. We're going back to old Hartnell. What mm. we got, dude, for it next week? Yeah, well, we thought with the season two Blu-ray set coming out, people might like to do one from that. So we're going to review the first Doctor story, the Space Museum. The Museum of Space. Yeah, so that should be cool. Yeah. We had to watch it in nice, pristine Blu-ray quality. That'd be good. Mm. Apart from the people who uh, who haven't got it. Oh, by next week they must have it, surely. (laughs) Come on, Amazon, get your blimmin' vans out, get your deliveries out, come on. Yeah, get it sorted. This, of course, has been out for donkey's years on on the DVD, and it's on Mm. BritBox and stuff. So, yes, we'll be looking forward to your thoughts, listener, on uh, the Space Museum next week. So that'll be good. And I think we'll wrap there, dude, for episode 368. All righty. Thank you, thank you very much for listening to another episode of The Big Blue Box. That was episode 368. And uh, some very cool news, some great stuff to look forward to in the new era of Doctor Who next year from RTD. And our review of Tortured was not not great for the gathering of Miracle Day. Next week, though, we've got some classic Doctor Who, as Adam said, the the Space Museum from season two. So get your brand new uh, Blu-rays in and get that watched or fire up BritBox 
because we'll be asking for your thoughts and your score out of 10 as always in the meantime make sure that you are subscribing to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts you won't miss an episode that way when it lands every single friday just do a search of the big blue box you'll find us on there we're on all the all of the popular apps or head over to the website you can listen for free on there as well which is bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk and uh, you can also check out all the reviews and articles everything from our writing team clever bunch that lot some really cool reviews and uh and articles so go and check that out we also got a free discord server there's a link on the website come and hang out with other doctor who fans and also check us out on the socials links on the website give us a like and a follow as we chat doctor who and other stuff throughout the week also go and do it now go and make a cup of tea and go and check out adam's channel over on youtube it is of course the geek's handbag Yes, Geek's Handbag, and uh, lots of videos on there for you to watch Doctor Who stuff, and should be a couple of new ones out before Christmas. So yeah, go and check out the channel, also on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And Twitter still Twitter. lives. Twitter lives. It's alive. <laughs> for now. <laughs> for now, yeah. So go and check out Adam's stuff, some very cool stuff. Until next week, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, hey. hey.